to the fifth episode of RPG The Golden Years. Golden Years. Oh, do you know what? I didn't have my drop ready, Rich. Oh. <laughs> the only drop we ever used for the show, and it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know. Uh, we're, only just, we're only just about professional podcasters. It's fine. That's right. <laughs> so how's it going, Rich? How, uh, how, was oh. your, how was your 4th of July? It was going pretty good, you know, just hung out with the family, uh, was at a campground, got really hot, had to sit indoors for a little bit. Um, other than that, nothing too crazy. Um, what about you? How was your Traders Day? Uh, <laughs> well, we're not the Traders. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's happy, you know, those really annoying people across the pond decided to leave us alone day. <laughs> we did. We, uh. We just sort of like, you know, we sit back and have a little think and we mourn all that tea that you threw into the river in Boston. <laughs> it was a very good tea. It was, a, it was a really nice tea, man. You guys just threw it away. You, do you know how much we love our tea? A lot. I know you guys do. Tell you what, if you'd have thrown our crumpets in the water, we would have come back. No, probably. <laughs> <laughs> we would have been back for the crumpets. We'd be like, no, no. Tea's one thing, but you touch our crumpets. <laughs> and yeah, that's it. Bad times. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> oh, there it is. Just half an hour late. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, how's nineteen eighty nine treating you, Rich? Um, it's good. I'm I'm glad we're finally to the end of it. Um, I I've got some good you know feedback you know I've had from listeners um, regarding uh, the games that we've played so far. I actually you know have some good things to say about Castlevania three. I also have some not so good things. But other than that, I thought. You know, it was it was a pretty good year. You know, I was only three years old when when this all stuff came out, but glad we went back to it. Yeah, I was I was a young pup too when all this stuff came out. So I would have been far too young to play most of these games and understand what was going oh, yeah. on. <laughs> but I'm glad that I've gone back and revisited them. And I think it's good. You know, 1989 was a good year for us to start. There wasn't mm. a lot of games. There wasn't anything, you know, particularly big. And I think it gives us a chance to really get a feel for how we're going to be. You know running the podcast and moving mm-hmm. forward with stuff. So, yeah, it's been a good practice, 1989. Yeah, before I've, we get into the real stuff. I've enjoyed it. We've, real had some, we've had some terrible music on both sides of the pond. But I feel like uh, this week in America, uh, well, you know, I, I like to have a, we can have a laugh about this, but, you know, in the UK, Sonya is still number one. <laughs> but wow. you, you guys were listening to um, uh, Millie Vanilli. Oh, great. <laughs> Baby, don't forget my number. I mean, you know, this is this is good stuff, man. <laughs> you know they actually okay. You do know that they were fake. They were fake. Yeah, apparently the the deal was they actually did not sing any of their stuff. It was all lip uh, lip sync and uh, somebody else doing the vocals. <laughs> Hang on, someone else is doing those vocals. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if that makes it worse or better. I mean, we're watching the music video as we talk about this, and it is amazing. That's right. I don't is it playing sound for you? Uh, it is. I just turned it down a little bit. Okay. Not that I don't want to you know, hear this awesome you know, song, but it's crazy. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. The 80s, man. Terrible time for music. <laughs> well, terrible time right. for popular music. You know, I, uh, most of the music I tend to listen to is from the 80s, like Metallica 
<laughs> Megadeth, <laughs> Slayer, yeah, all, all the good stuff, you know. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, yeah, that was what was uh, in number one in America this time of year, and uh, that's gone from my uh, from my feed forever. <laughs> I shall never, I shall, hopefully, I shall never come across with Millie Vanilli ever again, and their fake lip syncs. Yeah, they got busted for that, and it was like a big deal. <laughs> oh man! So, um, so yeah, so we had our uh, we had our winning mach- we had our winning game for our vote, which was a uh, Castlevania three. So, congratulations, Rich! Yay! I'll give you a round of applause because I really enjoyed this game. Good. I thought it was a good bit of fun. You know, it was hard, had its difficulties, um, didn't take too long. <laughs> You know, less than a week, thankfully. Yep. But we got there. We've um, we've both finished the game, and now we're going to review it. I'm ready to do it. Yeah. Um, do you want to start? Um. Yeah. I mean, do we have anything else that we want to talk about first? Um. I know we had no reviews. Uh, nobody else left us any more reviews to read out loud. No, we've got uh, yeah, we've got no more iTunes reviews, unfortunately. So yeah, remember, guys, it's a really good free way to support the podcast. You know. Give us uh, some nice iTunes reviews and hopefully we'll appear on more people's feeds as they're searching around for their uh, retro gaming RPG fixes. <laughs> you know, it's not like we've got a niche audience. Yeah, <laughs> so far. I mean, for a new show, we've already got 90 followers on Twitter. I mean, that's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, I was quite pleased to hit 90. I think it took me like over three years on Twitter to get more than 100 followers. And, you know, <laughs> the, <laughs> the podcast account's been going for about a month. We're already up to 90. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, I'm pretty pleased with that. Yeah. So, other than that, I guess let's just dive right into this thing. Yeah, because uh, we, uh, we have got the vote, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but that's going to be ending shortly. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah, All by right. the time the episode's live, it'll have ended. So, not much point talking about that, but we'll have our next game soon. That's right. We can delve into. But, yeah, for now, let's uh, let's delve into Dracula's Curse, Castlevania 3 for the NES. I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> so here's the uh, original advert for the uh, Dracula, uh, Dracula's Curse, Castlevania 3 from Japan. Ooh, so someone smashed the stained glass window. There's Dracula. That's what it looks like a man running through the woods. And that was it. Not too much. (laughs) Yeah, that was all there was to it. Um, Yeah, so. How did you. uh, Did you have. um... (laughs) I'm all over the place, Rich. My my coffee hasn't quite kicked into me today. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? Where are we? Okay, we're reviewing Dracula's Curse. Yes, So, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, is the surprisingly third Castlevania video game. (laughs) Uh, And it was published by Konami. uh, And it was first published in Japan in 1989, which is how Rich managed to get it into the vote. (laughs) Uh, And then it was released in North America in 1990. And sadly, in Europe, we didn't get this stuff until 1992. Came, it came a lot later, uh, and it is currently available on the Wii Virtual Console. If you happen to have credits, <laughs> you can still go and buy this game on the Virtual Console. That's right, dude. <clears throat> mm-hmm. 
So the uh, the plot for the game is actually set as a prequel to the first Castlevania game. And it was kind of like a step back because I think Castlevania 2 ended up being quite uh, controversial at the time. Uh, I believe Castlevania 2 is actually an RPG. <laughs> really? Yes. So the huh. original Castlevania was much like the one we just played where it was an action-adventure game, but very, very basic. And then I think in Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, they added in some uh, extra RPG elements. Um, but it was still a platformer, but it got a load of shit, I think, from the uh, from the community. Probably. I just got it on... Uh, I have that on that new NES Classic that I got last week, so I'm going to have to try that out. Oh, well, Simon's Quest? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, maybe I'm thinking of something else then. <laughs> yeah it was like a non-linear gameplay it had RPG elements such as a world map which the player was free to explore and revisit um, yeah and you could talk to people who would sell you items and stuff but I think at the time it wasn't overly popular in comparison to how the first game was which is why they then went back and made Castlevania 3 a lot more like the original Castlevania and uh, they introduced the main cav- uh, character, Trevor Belmont. And yeah, it's just a, it's a series of levels, platforming levels, where you just sort of like just whip your way through, basically, <laughs> until you get to the end where you get to beat Dracula. Yeah, there wasn't too much of a um, like a real story. I mean, you meet other people along the way. Um, I think three. Three different ones. You can only have one with you, I think, right? You can only have one with you, and uh, you get three different endings depending on who you take with you. Yeah. So as a, I, I just played the game blind, so I went through. Um, I managed to pick up the first character, whose uh, his name's escaping me for the moment. Is it the uh, the guy that like when he walks across the screen, he's all hunchback? Yeah, he's all hunchback, and he can climb up oh. walls and. Um, I think it's Garrett. Garrett? Yeah, I think that's probably why I can't remember. It's Grant. No, Grant. Grant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Grant. Uh, Grant. Grant. I'm going to say Grant. <laughs> I think that's the English way of saying it. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, yeah, so Grant, yeah, he's pretty cool. He can climb up walls. He's able to go and get basically some items that you can't actually get with any of the other characters. That's kind of his, um, his selling point, really. But he has a really short sword, so he can only fight things if they're close up. Yeah. Which I found quite irritating. <laughs> so I didn't really use Grant much, but um on the way to get Grant, so this was this was kind of the first uh challenge I had. So, you know, the first level's fairly simple. You go through the village and then you have to climb uh the clock tower, which is where Grant's at the top. Um how did you find the bit where the screen started moving up? <laughs> Okay, that one killed me a bunch of times because you've got all this crap flying at you too. So as you're like trying to jump mm-hmm. through that level, I mean, it was pretty rough, but it, it provides a, those challenge. Yeah, I was a bit, I see, I went through it about four or five times and I kept getting stuck on the same bit where I just couldn't yeah. figure out how to jump up onto the next platform. Like wasn't having too much problems with like the skeletons appearing and sort of whipping them out of the screen. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really annoying. I found it really difficult. I had, I ended up watching a video of someone doing it on YouTube and realized I just wasn't jumping in the right spot because there's the stairs. I didn't think the stairs were part of the platform. So I was jumping before the stairs. 
Oh God. Whereas you had to jump on the edge of the stairs in order to make the next platform. But it just, yeah, everyone online just made it look really simple and it just made me feel like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, those guys on on YouTube watching them do that, it's it hurts a little bit because you're like, why can't I do that? Yeah, most of them are sick though, because yeah, most of those sort of videos are all from speed runs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just like you're watching, it's like, oh, you just make it look so easy. Like you're just literally just pushing the forward button and jumping occasionally. <laughs> and flying over things perfectly and it's just like if i do that the first thing i end up doing is running into an enemy and then like 12 others appear and i just get more to death yep that happened to me a lot did you uh did you happen to like fall off the edge a lot yep okay <laughs> fell off I the edge all... a lot yeah I, there was a lot of dying in this game <laughs> this should be oh, yeah. called castlevania 3 pitfalls of death <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah, so you get well, you, you climb yourself up to the top of the clock tower and you fight your first real boss, who's this like huge ogre thing. And then once you defeat the boss, you know you whip him down. Just, yeah, whipping. There's a lot of whipping in this game. Cool whip. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can hear us say the word whip a lot. So yeah, you whip him, whip him down to the ground, and then he transforms back into Grant. And Grant thanks you for saving him because he was uh, he was in the castle pillaging, basically, <laughs> trying to find some stuff to steal. And uh, Dracula caught him and turned him into a, a monster and then and then put him to work to guard the clock tower. And that's the uh, that's our first bit of plot. <laughs> so you get you get the choice. Do you want Grant to join your party? Yes or no? There's really no point in saying no. I That's what I, I, I picked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in saying no because you've got no one else in your party at this time. So you might as well pick up Grant and go for a little joyride of him. And uh, yeah, he's quite good. So as as you pick up Grant, your next challenge is to basically reverse your way out of the exact same level because the clock tower is crumbling to pieces and falling down. So you've just got to run out, basically. And Grant's really good for that sort of thing because he's got a really high jump. So he makes a lot of the platforming parts a lot easier to get through. And then obviously, like I said, he can climb up walls. He can climb on the bottom of of platforms as well. So he was really useful for escaping the clock tower as it falls down. Yeah, I uh, with the clock tower, what I did was I just yeah, I kind of remembered where each spot was at, and I didn't even use Grant. All I did was just drop, <laughs> drop from one level yeah. to another. It was pretty I easy. You just waited for the next platform to appear on the screen, didn't you? And then just fall to it. <laughs> yep, that's kind of what I did bit too but I, I did it with grant it was easy <laughs> only because it's just like if i did get myself into trouble it was easy to jump out of it but yeah i didn't apart from like i said on the bit on the way up to grant with the clock tower it moves up i didn't have too much difficulty with the be- with the beginning section in this game but um the game sort of the gameplay so the gameplay of this is fairly standard platforming so you're moving around on the screen and you're jumping up and down onto different platforms. You've got a whip, like I said, so you can whip the enemies. Um, obviously, depending on how strong your whip is, depends on how easy the enemies are to kill. And as you knock down pieces of the scenery, like there are the candlesticks on the wall, uh, there's sometimes a big fire pit in the middle of the in the middle of the floor, uh, and sometimes the enemies drop things as well. Uh, you can pick up two whip power-ups that make it longer and stronger. (laughs) 
I should have thought about how I was going to phrase that before I said it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this is a Viagra advert now. Um, Yeah, yeah, man, pull this candlestick and it'll get longer and stronger. Yeah, sorry, everybody. This is going to be a weird... (laughs) We're going to say some things and really mean something else, probably. Um, Yeah, so you've got your two whip power-ups to make um, Trevor stronger. Um, And then you can pick up uh, these little health icons, uh, which was really confusing me at first <laughs> because you know they are hearts there are little hearts and there are big hearts and then you've got a little heart meter which keeps going up as you collect them and this does not restore your health no that pissed me off <laughs> it's just like i kept getting it and i was just like my, my health isn't going anywhere and then it t- took me a little while to realize you know, some of the drops that you get are weapons so you can get an axe there's like a boomerang there's like holy water um, uh, so there's a few. There's just there's a few little weapons you get as you go along. They're mostly useful against bosses. I found apart from the boomerang, which was quite useful just to sort of fling, fling in front of you when you're running. <laughs> um, basically, every time you used one of these special weapons, which you had to hold up and then use your whip button to press uh, in order to use it, um, it would take away one of the hearts that you've collected, and that's what it was for. Now. Why on earth they decided to use the heart, <laughs> the heart symbol? That was so dumb. For this, it's just yeah, I just don't get it. I mean, I assume if I had the original game with the manual, I mean, I know it's rich that you did actually find that you owned this game. <laughs> I did. I actually had it, but I didn't have the box or the manual or anything. So no, you just had the cartridge. Yeah, so, cartridge. So if you did have the game and you had the manual, it probably would explain that in there and. I know what young Bill would have been like. You know, the moment my mum used to bring me home a game for my NES, I would open it up, I'd go through the manual carefully and look at it and read it, and then I'd put the game in and play it. Because it was all part of the excitement when you was a kid. You wanted to know everything about it before you got going. Um, but yeah, I just think it's really dumb having the heart symbol for that. Could have been anything else. And it would have made sense. But hearts, you know, you associate hearts with health. It was... I. <laughs> The rage on that. <laughs> I just, I just found that very confusing. <clears throat> it was, it was. There was no. And one thing I do miss the games I'm noticing now that we're playing don't really have a tutorial like we're used to now. I don't know if you've kind of noticed that. Yeah, I have, but I also kind of feel like that's why I'm enjoying the games a lot more. I feel like if I'm spoon-fed things, I get very bored during that thing, and I don't always pay attention to the tutorials yeah i'm thinking of ff8 here <laughs> and uh, even even like the bits where you go even in the bits in ff7 where you walk into that room and there's all those people and you can talk to them and they'll explain how everything in the game works oh, i, I never just, use that <laughs> yeah i never used it i never paid attention to it and then i find out like two years ago when i start listening to um podcasts on final fantasy uh that i've never like, i've played ff7 probably about 20 times at least like 10 to completion. I, but like, I, there's a countless amount of times I've started that game and like just played through the, the Midgar section because I love that bit of the game. Um, I never played that game correctly. <laughs> I found out a few years ago. What do you mean? I've just, I've never played it correctly. I've, um, I've never made use of the materia system in the way it was designed. Do you know, what I noticed like I noticed when I played the game that if I if I if I gave someone every single summon that I had in my inventory, 
that I noticed their health would go down. Yeah. And so I just made sure I didn't give people too many summons. Other than that, all of my characters are exactly the same. Everyone would have a cure materia. Everyone would have a fire, ice, and lightning materia. <laughs> and yeah, I just made sure, you know, occasionally I'd give someone like enemy skill materia and a few other things like that. But I didn't do anything else. I just made sure everyone was exactly the same across the board so that everyone could cure, heal, raise and attack with magic. I didn't realise that if you sort of specifically give someone sets of magic, then their stats change and like they become like, you know, powerhouses or magic powerhouses or healing powerhouses. So I'd never played that game correctly. <laughs> no, I probably didn't either. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I didn't, because I remember people saying like how easy the game was and it's just like, I've never found it that easy. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's because I used to give Cloud stuff instead of just making him into an absolute power beast. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, anyway, uh, we can talk about that when we get to FF7 in like 20 years' time. I was like, yeah, it'll be a long time. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, how do I even get onto that subject? Oh yeah, uh, tutorials. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of like the fact there isn't a tutorial with these games, and you kind of have to just, you know, just die a few times before you figure out what the hell's going on. <laughs> like, you know, Die a few this, times, yeah, right. This is, this is, like a lot. This is a platformer, so I'm used to things like, you know, Mario. So the first thing I did was try and jump on an enemy's head. No. <laughs> That's not a good idea in this game. <laughs> you touch the yeah, enemies, Mario... you get injured. Mario wasn't that hard, though. <sighs> this one's, like, what? a lot more challenging. Hang on. Mario is not hard. No, it's not. What? The World 8? Oh, yeah. I mean, none of these games are hard at the beginning. Like, you know, I had a little problem with that clock bit. But other than that, I didn't have much trouble until I got past like the uh, the ghost ship. That's when I started dying a lot in this game. <laughs> but yeah, Mario. God, like I could breeze through the first couple of worlds of Mario, and if I use the warp things to get to World Eight, as soon as I get to World Eight, that's it. I've never finished the first Mario Brothers. I've never managed it. I don't think I have either, to be honest. <laughs> I was talking more like Mario Super Mario World. Oh, Super Mario World. Oh, you're talking SNES. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't have a SNES when I was younger. I had a Mega Drive. That's right, I forgot. I was one of those you were, people. You were part of the Sega crew. I was. I was, I was, I was. Good old Sega. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I loved it. Yeah, but I had Sonic. Um, Sonic was incredibly difficult towards the end. Not, the, not particularly Sonic 1, but Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. My God, those ones were really difficult. Although I do like the fact that Sonic could go Super Saiyan at the end. It's crazy how they did with all that. <laughs> oh, they just love that sort of stuff over there. But yeah, you get a nice golden Sonic. But yeah, the, these old NES games, man, they're hard. They are so, so hard. It's just they have a big difficulty arc, but the arc is nice and steady until the end of the game. At the end of the game, the difficulty arc, just you know, they just fire it out into space. <laughs> and you've got no choice. You've got to climb up there, man. Yeah, so got, we'll, we'll got, talk about that the last boss here yeah. soon. But you need to get you need to get good when it comes to NES games. There's no choice. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you've got um, so at this point we've got Grant, haven't we? I think. <laughs> no, I'm, doing, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this review. Um, so you can work your way through the different levels. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. You know, there's uh, there's a forest, there's a marshland. You go on a haunted ship. Uh, it's at the end of the marshland where you finally you get your second character 
Silfrena? Silf? I think so. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I don't think I, like, I think I didn't get her. Oh, really? No, I didn't. I didn't get, I bypassed her somehow. Oh. I don't know how I did it. I bypassed her, and all of a sudden I was in um, block five with um, Alucard. Oh, you went to Alucard's cave. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, I think I went a different... Yeah, so this is one of the things with this game, is that occasionally you're presented with like a, an up-and-down screen where you can either walk up the stairs or down the stairs, and then it takes you on a different route through the game. Mm-hmm. So you and the first one of these is just after you finish the clock tower and after you've got Grom. Um, no, actually, I think no, actually, I think you can skip the, the clock tower as well, if I remember rightly. But yeah, but there are lots of optional stages that you can run through. So I ended up getting Sylph, uh, this Sylph lady, who um, is pretty weak. She's got a tiny little stick that she hits things with, but she's got some awesome magic power-ups that you can get. So when you are playing with one of the other characters, you just hit select, and it changes uh, um, car, um, Sorry, Trevor just morphs into one of these other characters that you're playing with. Uh, they If they pick up weapons throughout the game, they're different to the ones that Trevor picks up. So Trevor tends to pick up you know, manual weapons like axes and the holy boomerang of death. And uh, uh, the Sylph lady, she picks up magic that just fires out across the screen, which is really good. Yeah, that was handy. But yeah, but one of the routes you can take takes you to uh, Alucard's cave. And that was not... Because like I said, I played this blind. I didn't use a guide. Um, I didn't get that through. I didn't go that way. <laughs> so I never I never found Alucard. Yeah, I went the opposite way that you did then. <clears throat> ah, okay. So you, so you did find Alucard then? Mm-hmm. Okay, now what was Alucard like? Did you use him much? Um, no. The the thing is with when I use these characters and stuff, I didn't use them the the secondary ones all that much because I was just going through whipping people in the face. Because oh, Alucard, um, he, he could change, fly. He could change into a bat and fly, <laughs> and so you could skip huge parts of the level. <laughs> um, yeah, he he was pretty good. He also had some sort of weird magic thing that would fire out. But yeah, but I yeah, didn't, it I, wasn't that great. Fortunately, I didn't get a chance to use him. But yeah, you take these different routes through. So I end up going over a haunted ship to get to the castle. You uh, you get yourself to the castle, and then you work your way through a series of levels. I think depending on which route you took to the castle means that you get different ways through the castle until you get to like to the last final three sections. But these bits are getting pretty difficult now. <laughs> yeah. Things are moving quickly. Platforms move around and have spikes on them. Yeah, touch a spike, you die instantly. And then um, I, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of stuff going on. It's just, it is just, you know, simple platforming at its best. <laughs> but, and most difficult. Oh, yeah. You get loads of different bosses as you go through. Uh, I like the one that you had the big hammer. Mm-hmm. That you was know, a good one. Yeah, the bosses with a big hammer because they were so dumb. As long as you were standing close enough to them that they wouldn't run at you, they were really easy. You just stand, wait until we did the animation to slam his hammer down, take one step back, jump, whip him in the head. Rinse and repeat. Boom, they went down so quickly. <laughs> I, re- I I quite enjoyed that one. You know, it's just like I figured out the mechanic on that boss fairly quickly. It's just like, I'm taking these guys down. <laughs> yeah, once you figure out like the... The, um, the movements and everything else behind that, they actually aren't that bad. Yeah, but the mummies. Oh, I hated the mummies. 
It was the fact there was two of them and they would throw bandages at you. <laughs> and it was How the was bandages, man. I just couldn't I just couldn't get out of the way of the bandages. I really struggled with them. Just, I just couldn't I, I'm sure there's a good trick to them, but I just couldn't work it out. And yeah. then again, you, I know, like if you, wa- you watch a speed run and he, the bloke just stands next to him and fight, whips and fires axes out at like 100 miles an hour and they die within seconds. It's just like, how are you doing that? <laughs> They're just fast and crazy. Oh, man. Just... I like the uh, the bosses, though. You notice a lot of those bosses go back to like Frankenstein, uh, the mummies, like a lot of those old classic monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that that, that's what the whole... The whole series is just based around that, though. It's really, yeah. really nice callbacks to all the old Dracula movies and stuff, which I, I, I kind of like the old Dracula movies. So I had a good bit of fun trying to trying to learn out the boss's mechanics. Um, but then we move on to, you go through you know the main halls of Dracula's tower, and then you get to the final, the final room of Dracula's clock tower. And there he is just sitting in his big throne, <laughs> being a big old asshole being a big old asshole so he has three forms i found the second form and the third form quite straightforward um but i still died a lot <laughs> uh yeah i died a lot too real quick with this one here i can't remember because i just did this not too long ago um did you is there you fight dracula first or do you fight your shadow oh Oh my god, the shadow. Uh, I think it's your shadow first and then Dracula. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, before you enter the final room, you have to fight your shadow. And my god, he decimated me. Um, Oh, he was so difficult. I ended up having... I died a lot to this guy. um, And then had to repeat the level a few times. (laughs) And then I eventually got to the point where... I figured I kind of figured out that using the boomerang was my best tactic. So I'd have to fire off my boomerang, quickly jump up to one of the other. So you, this the the, lev, the the fighting area for him kind of works on three levels. You've mm-hmm. got like a ground section to the left and the right. You've got a, then it's, then there's like a raised bit in the middle, and then you've got two raised platforms again to the left and right. So I kind of I was doing crisscrosses across the screen. And as I'd get to the like middle section, I'd fire off two boomerangs and then jump up to the next section. So as he jumped up to the middle section, the boomerangs would hit him. And then I'd have to time my jump perfectly to jump over his head as he jumped up onto the top section, fire off another two boomerangs and then go to the bottom section. And then try and get myself into position that when he jumps down, I can then jump over his head again to get back onto the middle section. And getting that timing right was hard as hell. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, just whipped. Uh, all I did was jump down, whip him, jump away, like constantly just hit, hit and run. Yeah, that's all I was doing. I got into about a quarter is down to about a quarter of a health using that method, and then he cornered me into the, in the corner of the screen, and so I was just like holding up, firing boomerangs, and whipping at the same time. And yeah, <laughs> he was just walking towards me, you know, <laughs> deaf in his eyes. His eyes were on fire. He could smell my blood, but I managed to just hit him enough to kill him before he managed to kill me. I had like half health and he took me down, down, and then I was on my last little bit and then that was it, he died. <laughs> she got lucky. I was just like, oh my god, like the stress. The How many st- times did you want to throw your, uh, your deal? <laughs> From a PSP out the window. <laughs> Quite a yeah. lot. Um, I was about to do the same thing. 
Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh my god, man, this guy is just destroying me. I think I, do you know, I'm, I must have blocked him out. I completely forgot about him. He was the most <laughs> difficult thing in this game, the shadow, and yeah, I must have just blocked it from my memory, just the stress of it. Yeah, so he was time, rough. It's the time investment, isn't it? You spend so, that's where these games get you, man. That's where the sort of the, the enjoyment and the stress comes from. They stress you out because you take so much time and like careful careful effort to pick your way through the levels to get up to the boss and then the boss just kicks the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. It's just like that amount of stress of the time that you've put into it and worrying about having to do it again. And when you finally beat him and then realising you don't have to go back and do that stuff again, it's just like, yes! Yeah, you get really excited about that stuff. <laughs> I know. And you just blow past it. You're like, oh my god. I'm sitting on the couch trying to play this game. And I'm dying a lot. I'm shaking my head. I'm getting all frustrated. My wife looks at me. She's like, are you like having problems over there? Like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, just just don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm so mad. Yeah, I, so, I do most of this on the train. So I get some strange looks from people. And I'm just like, <laughs> they probably think you're nuts. Try, try not to swear out loud. But, you know, just <laughs> sort of like silently cursing at my PSP. Going, <laughs> <laughs> wanting to smash the train window open and throw it out <laughs> I'm done with this oh man yeah Trevor Shadow what a bastard <laughs> right. um, yeah and then we move on to uh, so you finally beat your shadow you open the next door and who's sitting there but Mr. Dracula himself or Alucard spelt, spelt backwards if you will <laughs> Um, oh my god, that's what that means? Holy crap. Oh my god, did you not know that? I just now looked at that. Yeah, yeah, Al- Alucard is Dracula spelled backwards. Wow. That's where he comes from. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I feel dumb. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I think the first time people figure that out, it's just like, oh my god. It's like the uh, the brooms in Final Fantasy 1. There's, uh-huh. uh, there's a lot of uh, talking brooms in Final Fantasy 1, and they don't make any sense. Uh, and then <laughs> when you suddenly realize that they're all talking backwards, <laughs> it just revolutionizes Nuts. the game. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, they're all speaking backwards. <laughs> That's all it is. And I, th- I think, they're, uh, what are they telling you? Sorry, I yeah, can't they're, So, yeah, because you've got Matoya's cave, and Matoya's like a witch with no eyes. She's got a glass eye that an elf's stolen or something. And there's a bunch of brooms that are just sort of like just floating around her cave. And when you talk to them, oh, they're telling you, that's it. I think they're telling you to push like select and B or something on the NES controller to bring up the world map. <laughs> so it's like, unless you work out that those brooms are talking backwards, you'll never know that there's a world map on the game. <laughs> man, the, uh, yeah, the older, uh, <laughs> the old developers, man, of these games, they like to try and trick you. Yeah, they were they were <laughs> sneaky bastards. Yeah, it's not like nowadays. Nowadays, they no. try to put puzzles into the game, whereas back in the old days, it's just like, how can we mess with the people playing this game? What can we do? And then cause some domestic disputes because of the stuff. <laughs> uh, so, so Dracula, how did you find, let's talk about each three, let's talk about his three forms individually. So the first one is Dracula as Dracula. Yep. <clears throat> he stands up out of his seat and he basically just summons fire out of the ground. I once, I died very quickly the first time. <laughs> But once I figured out what was going on with it, I kind of found it quite easy. Now I had the um, I had the axe weapon when I fought Dracula. Um, did you what? Did, what weapon did you happen to have? 
Um, I think I had the boomerang. Yeah, I had the boomerang. Boomerang. Okay, I found it because you have to. Dracula is quite tall, and you can only hit him by hitting him on the head. So I found that as long as I got my timings right, I'd have to sort of move to the back of the screen, wait for the two flames to appear. So he'd he'd make two flames appear either side of you, and they sort of they were at random distances, <clears throat> and then you'd get like a couple of seconds and then he'd summon a third flame in the middle which was to base to try and hit you so you had to try kind of time your movements walking back and forth the screen so that you got between the two flames and that you didn't get hit by the third one and then in the meantime i was able to fling my axes off and try and hit him on the head so i had to kind of make sure i was in the right point in the screen that my axes would get him just right and uh, yeah i just sort of did that and managed to take him down on my second go just I think it took me like three or four times to do that because I would just jump, throw the um, throw the boomerang, run a little close to him and try to whip him in the face. And, you know, it it worked and after then, you know, yeah. careful timing. Occasionally he does his little Johnny Cage move where he sort of. Yeah, <laughs> he goes and transports himself through you. But um, but yeah, he wasn't he wasn't too difficult, I found. No. And then the second form I thought was really easy. Again, I think mainly because I had the axe. So he turns into like five heads and starts just floating around the screen and they sort of just like spew out vomit. If you get touched <laughs> by the vomit, uh, it, it hurts you. But I wonder why they picked that design. <clears throat> it kind of looks cool. I think it's. Uh, I think that might be a callback to an old Dracula movie as well, but I couldn't tell you which one. Considering there's about 600 of them, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think that isn't. I think that is some sort of old Dracula callback. But yeah, it was. It. I thought it was kind of cool looking because it was kind of gross, but it was very easy because the thing didn't particularly move around quickly. And no, you could just like run underneath it, and where it vomits, you can kind of stand right between the two. Yeah, and you could just and avoid then just move through. Yeah, it was very. It was quite easy to avoid the the, the falling vomit. And then, yeah, again, because I had the axe, which made like a loop through the sky, it was quite easy to hit him. Then when he got low enough, I just saved my axes a bit and just whipped him. So, yeah, I, did, I didn't find him particularly difficult at all. But the third, I don't think I died for him at all. Um, no, I don't think I did either. But the third, no. the third form. <laughs> I died a lot. I died a lot, yeah. Uh, he turns into a giant gargoyle. I think that's the best way of explaining it. Like, you know, huge yeah. winged stone thing and he doesn't move he doesn't move but the f the floor moves so you're supposed to jump on the floor platforms so that it takes you up towards the top of the screen so you can hit him in the head at this point i was completely out of axes as well so i had no choice but to just use my whip <clears throat> and while you're sort of floating around the screen he fires lasers at you which come from either his left hand his right hand or his nut or his eyes but it sort of does it in a circle. It goes left, right, eyes, left, right, eyes. So you kind of have to just jump on these platforms, which they will sort of go around, but they take different routes each time. So it will go around, then it will go to the floor, and then they will raise up again, then go off back round. Um, and as they, as the bits of platform raise up, it makes a hole in the floor, which you can't fall through. <laughs> and yeah, this was just a lot of like jumping and dodging, jumping and dodging, and then just praying at some point you're in a position to whack him in the head a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. I mean, had a yeah, super super forever. Yeah, I I don't know how many times I died against him. I had to restart quite a few, quite a lot. Uh, but yeah, but eventually, eventually you take him down in a blaze of glory, 
and then we're treated to a very nice end scene. Now, I'm told that the endings are different depending on which character you have. Yes. So, I mean, so you had Alucard, and I had mm-hmm. Sylphrena, so we've got we've at least experienced two of these endings. Um, I try. Uh, so all all that seemed to happen was was that I stand with her on uh, the platform looking at the castle, and the castle collapsed. <laughs> I think on what mine was again because I did this a couple of days ago or I did it yesterday. All right. Okay. Um, and I've slept since then, so hang on. <laughs> <Darn it. laughs> uh, yeah, I, I took a few pictures on my phone. I'll just have a quick check. See, I got to get better at that. I keep forgetting to do that. <laughs> but, but once we get into the other games that I can start streaming, that's going to be a lot easier for me to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I um, I'm kind of used to I'm used to taking pictures of games I complete for a um a certain app that uh, myself and Rich administrate <laughs> mm-hmm. called uh, Hogib, uh, which is where you can log your media consumption for the year. Which is a good. App. That a while. We're going to uh, we're going to look to add a little feature to that soon. Yes, uh, but oh. we'll, we'll have more details for that later. We're, we're, that's going to take a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. So with the Alucard ending, basically all you're doing is you're standing at the end with Alucard on a cliff, and um, and it took me to remember, and you basically just have a little quick conversation um, with him, and that's it. Yeah, that's the, pretty much the same thing with self, Sylphie as well. Yeah, you Sims. just watched the Dracula Castle sink down, and that was about it. I was the reason why I couldn't remember that because I don't think I even watched it. All I did was I beat the game, set it down, and was like, "I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Oh no, I always, I always, always wait because I want to take a picture of the credits for my for my whole. <laughs> so yeah, so that was it, and then um, it kind of once well once the credits roll and you sort of push start, you start at the beginning of the game. You have got your score, and you've actually still got your character as well. So you uh, your your secondary character. So you could always just you could do an entire run through with the second character if you wanted to. So there's a nice nice little bit of replayability to this game. Yeah. But overall, um, you know, for our first non-RPG from the list, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was not bad. I thought it was a really good game. I'm I'm very pleased, Rich. And I played, like I said, I played a little bit of Blazing Lasers. <laughs> I kind of think this is a better game. <laughs> I'm glad you thought so. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm very pleased it won the vote. So thank you, uh, voting public. You are all legends. <laughs> for giving us this uh, incredibly difficult but incredibly enjoyable game I thank you greatly so I think really what we need to do is um, uh, move on to our scores yeah yeah so Castlevania 3 the action platformer uh, oh, sorry that's in the way so first up how are we going to rate the combat of this game? Okay. I'll go first. So the combat was is pretty straightforward. There's nothing too crazy with it. It's just, you know, you use the axe, um, the boomerang, the knife, and the various other, like, party members that have theirs. Um, I thought it was pretty straightforward, but it was a very good mechanic-wise. Um, do you want me to give my score on that one? Uh, yeah. Okay. I give it, I give it a seven. Seven, yeah. I thought it was pretty straightforward. It was not overly complicated. It wasn't um, something that you know you had to take a lot of time to actually you know learn. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm. I feel like I sh- I'm the same. About seven. I think seven's a very fair score. <clears throat> it's um, it's very basic. You know, it 
doesn't it's not pretending to be anything too complicated you just whip stuff you use magic you can fly about it's good i like the fact there were power-ups as well i found that nice little touch to the game because yeah the starting whip's just terrible <laughs> you need it to be a bit you know a bit thicker a bit stronger oh my seven. god i think seven is a good score so what about the non uh <laughs> See, I want to say the non-combat mechanics, but there isn't really much to do other than walking around and jumping. It's all part of the same mechanics, really. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to give it the same score. I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, I'll do the same thing. Yeah, I think they're all they're basically one and the same. So the same thing. So the story. How did you feel about the uh, the prequel to Castlevania with Trevor Belmont? Well, I mean, the story itself isn't like there's not an overall. You're like, oh, my God, I know exactly what's going on. Like, I got I got a main point to do this. Like, it just threw you in, basically, and said, hey, this is what's going on. You get a little bit of story um, with it and everything. I'm going to give it a six because it's still, like, I still know the story. And there is the ending piece of it. But it wasn't something that blew me away. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it a five, I think. I mean, it is a NES game, so I try not to be too critical. <laughs> um, but there just really isn't a lot going on here. It's just, you know, they give you, I think they give you some backstory in the manual. Um, so it tells you about Trevor. Um, he's, his family is famous for killing vampires, basically. But because of the fact they kill vampires, they become hated and then they get, they get like run out of their own home country. Um, <laughs> this, this, was, this was this was some of the backstory that I'd read previously. Um, so yeah, they all got ran out of the country. But then when Dracula returns, everyone's like, "Oh no!" And then Trevor suddenly turns up, and they're like, "Yay!" <laughs> and that that was the story. And then you're thrown into the game, and yeah, you've just got to basically kill Dracula. So it's fairly straightforward. So I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> graphics. What do you think of the graphics? Um. Okay, so for for a um, NES game, I mean, it was I thought it looked really good. I enjoyed it. It was it had that really gothic, dark look feel to it. I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven. Seven. Yeah, that's a good score. I think I'm looking at an eight. I think it's a very good looking NES game. Having recently played like uh, I've recently played through Ducktales on the NES, <laughs> it's definitely a step up from that. You've got some nice animations. Uh, they've tried to do some clever things. I like the fact that the screen moves around like on certain levels, um, and I thought the levels were very well designed as well. The ghost ship yeah. felt like a ghost ship. So yeah, I'm going to give it an eight. Very good looking NES game. Uh, what about music? Did you listen um, to music? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did. I did this time. Um, I actually I enjoyed it. It wasn't annoying at, at some parts that I, I thought it was going to get repetitive. Um, I thought I was going to get really pissed off at the at the music because, and then obviously turned down. But it, it wasn't. I, I enjoyed it. It was. I'd probably give it an eight. An eight. Yep. I'm exactly the same. I think the music for this game was very good, very enjoyable. Um, very yeah, very enjoyable. Really good feel to the game. You know, really gave you that sort of old gothic feel. Yeah, it was really good music. Don't know who the composer was, but really, really good. So, what was your overall feel for the game? All right, so my overall feel for this game, because I didn't have a problem, I mean, I did die a lot. I mean, I know you did too. Um, it was very challenging. It pissed me off quite a lot, uh, but it didn't feel like it was impossible, unlike the last game we did where it was like, oh, my God. 
Um, so I'm actually going to give the overall feel a seven. Seven. Yeah, so I enjoyed the game. The game was good fun. Uh, it had its challenge. It had its difficulties. It was good looking. Music was good. Combat was good. Story was a little bit mediocre. I'm, I'm going to go for seven as well. I think that's a very good score for this game. <clears throat> it is yeah. good. I mean, um, we'll give you give, give a little bit of backstory on... Well, a little bit of a legacy on the game. The uh, IGN actually rated this as the fifth best Nintendo game out of 100. <laughs> I mean, it was... I mean, I don't doubt that. Um, so, they, I, yeah, they rated it as really the good. fifth on their list of top 100 NES games. So this is this is a very, very popular NES game, and it is considered to be one of the best. And, um, yeah, I would say of the NES games that I've played in the world, I think that's a fair point. I think it is a good game. And, yeah, I'd give it a 7, which uh, gives us an overall score, Rich. Uh, I don't think it's worked. (laughs) I think it did. Oh, man. Right, so, corrected it. It's a score of 70. So, this is officially our best game we've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two times better than the two that we played earlier. And, uh, and Rich, that's devastating, considering it's the <laughs> we're doing an RPG podcast in the first game we played. It's not an RPG. It gets a really high score. <laughs> well, but it's still good. I mean, I, I feel like, okay... I honestly feel like Fantasy Star in Final Fantasy Legend and Yeast Book 1 and 2 might actually beat it from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might actually enjoy those more than uh, Castlevania 3, possibly. Well, I'm doing, a bit of, um, I'm doing a bit of what I'm calling RPG Golden Years Extra Credit. <laughs> what are so you doing? I'm, because I, I finished um, Castlevania quite quickly, and I've still got a little bit of time before the vote for the next game comes around, I've started to play Fantasy Star. Ah. On the NES. <laughs> so that's why Fantasy Star wasn't on our list. It's because it's a NES game. So it's off of the... Um, it's too backdated for us. It's not part of our Golden Years criteria. But I've decided, you know what? I want to play Fantasy Star. I'm, I, I feel a bit strange not playing it. As it seems we are going to be playing Fantasy Star 2. So I thought I'd give it a bash because the story follows on from Fantasy Star as well. I think Fantasy Star 2 is set a thousand years after Fantasy Star and there are supposed to be callbacks and stuff to it. So I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to play through the game, see if I can see if I can smash it out in time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I shall once I if I finish it, I will uh, give it a quick rating and review on the show as well. But yeah, okay. I'm going to create I'm going to create a little extra credit section on the uh, on the master spreadsheet for us so um rich that's our review of castlevania done done three games down three games down now um just for a little announcement at the end of the show we have made some adjustments to our uh patreon so we're still on the same we're still on the same site (laughs) so you can go to um the website is patron p-a-t-r-o-n dot podbean p-o-d-b-e-a-n dot com forward slash r-p-g-g-y stands for r-p-g golden years r-p-g-g-y 
So we've made a little change to the format and our goals. So now we have a new list. We love lists, aren't we, Rich? Lists all day long. Lists all day long. So we had a couple of people on Twitter talk to us about um, Japan, uh, the, some of the Japanese RPGs that were never released in English, but there are fan translations of. And they, you know, we've had especially things like uh, Bahamut Lagoon and um, like the first Star Ocean game as well, which doesn't make our list because that wasn't translated until the, um, the PSP release, which again is outside of our generation cutoff. And things like Secret of Mana 3 as well. These are all big games uh, that haven't made the list. Mother 3, that's another big one, um, because they weren't translated into English officially until either much later in until much later in time, or they were fan translated. So we've decided to make a little side list when people suggest these games to us. And we will do a, every for every $10 we get on Patreon, we will add one of these to the list. And it will go straight into the rotation. So it will be one of the next games that we play as well. <laughs> Our list keeps growing. I know, I know. We keep finding more ways to add to it. But um, I don't want to miss out on some of these games. Well, yeah. Like uh, Live Alive, I'd never heard of before, but it looks really good. Uh, same with the treasure of the <laughs> Rudas, is that? Yes, and that actually look. I've seen some some people have that. Um, it looks really interesting. It does. It looks really, really good. I mean, a lot of these games were like by Square or Enix. And yeah. The reason they never made it over here is because they shut down. I think they had some financial problems, and they shut down their North American office. So a lot of these games were like almost ready to be released over in the Western world, but just never made it, unfortunately, because of that little fa- because of that little factor. But there are a lot of, there are a lot of games here. So if you have any games, people that you want to suggest that you know have fan translations that aren't on our list, let us know. We'll add them to the list, and then, like I say, every ten dollars. So we're currently at five at the moment. <laughs> so when we hit our first ten dollar goal, we will add one of these to the list, and we'll do a live drawing on the show to determine which one we add. It's gonna be awesome. I think that'll be a bit of fun. Um, yeah, and then if we reach thirty dollars, so yeah, that's at ten dollars. Next game at twenty dollars. Next game at thirty dollars. Uh, but yeah, when we get to twenty dollars, we're going to create an app so that you guys can use it to score the games as we go along and then at $50 we're going to build a website <laughs> we're going to go yes. balls out build out our fan community <laughs> properly and we're not going to use any services to host our stuff we're going to do it all ourselves <laughs> and we'll try and get a bit of help <laughs> yeah our, from we'll our help. friends and in the hog on the hobbit the uh, hog hog dev team who has a mouthful to say but yeah that's it that's it from yeah. me, really. You know, you can, um, again, feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, and we will read them out as well. Oh, big shout out to uh, Deezer, uh, Winter Deezer as well, for being our first patron. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Big props to you. And uh, I think we'll dedicate this episode to her. No, actually, I'm going to dedicate the Fantasy Star episode to her. Yeah, she, she really liked that lot, one already. Yeah, so. she's been a lot of help to us, so I'll do a nice dedication to her at the start of the episode. Thank you, thank you, Deesa. But yeah, contact us on Twitter, or you can contact me at uh, Matunica, M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. And you can contact me at Hailblue1569. Or you can contact both of us at RPG Years, which is probably the easiest one. <laughs> so yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. 
Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll hope... talk to you guys next time. Oh, and remember, if you did play Castlevania 3, um, send us a tweet and just tag, uh, do hashtag RPG GY scores. Send us your scores. We yes, want, we, we need those. People. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that's it. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll speak to you all next week. Yeah, have a good one, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs>